Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And joining us now is Mayor Joe Gannam. Mayor of the great city of Bridgeport, who joins us now. The election is February 27th. This is an opportunity for you to be part of this conversation at 203-333-9422. If you've got some questions, you can queue them up now. We only ask that you get on the air with respect for Mayor Ganim, and that's what we expect and receive from all of you here on WICC. Hello, Mayor. Welcome. Hello. Oh, thank you. Welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure to join you. Thank you. Thank you. I actually want to begin with a question that's important to me that I don't know if I had a chance to ask you in the times that we've sat down, at least recently. I know I asked you this before this campaign, and that was about Remington Woods, which is, a, for those who are listening, is a 400-acre contiguous parcel, the vast majority of which is in the city of Bridgeport, that was there left to grow and be in the wild as a result of it being contaminated and having been ordered to be cleaned up over the last several decades. And a lot of people looking at this as an extraordinary opportunity to keep and conserve this resource as passive open space to not be developed. So, Mayor, when I asked you about this a while ago, you a little bit hemmed and hawed, and you said you really weren't sure what it should be like for the future. I would like to know if you are willing to commit to keeping it as open space or you still think it needs to be looked at by developers at some point. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. I think it provides great open space um, and it needs to continue in that way. I think, though, the cleanup is, has been the biggest challenge there. Just DuPont Corporation um, has the obligation to move this forward, and it's been really a struggle to get some of these, this corporation in particular, but we've had this with other companies, to kind of just leave a, a, a rusty, uh, in this case, it's more than rusty, it's a, it's a munitions uh, graveyard at that location. So it's, it's terribly challenging. I think we know there's live munition in some of the, some of the lakes and ponds that are there. So I think we need to push that. I think we need to commit to open space, uh, walking trails. And I think as the cleanup seems to ultimately, when we get there to get community input as to what people in the, in the area in the Bridgeport side anyways, and there's a Strafford side to it too, uh, input on, on what we should do in addition to, if anything, with the, um, with the open space. 
Because you know that there's always going to be people that want to build. There's always going to be developers. There's always going to be an opportunity for some people to make money from it. But it's pretty extraordinary that you might have this opportunity to leave it for the wildlife with the exception of some walking trails, the way Trout Brook is. You know, Paul Newman saved 700 acres because he led this campaign to save 700 acres between, and I know that your parents live in Easton. You know where that is, right? Yeah, and I was with Paul Newman uh, on, on a number of those occasions because it affects all of us in Connecticut and, mm-hmm. and Bridgeport as well. And I took pride in saying that despite being the largest urban center, the largest uh, city with the greatest population, you'd think we'd have the least amount of parks, but we're the park city. And we take great pride in that in Bridgeport. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's the opportunity there. I think the big challenge, I think, for government is to um, push push, push, and hold Remington uh, responsible for that cleanup, which has been really the biggest challenge in being able to not even decide what to do there, but to be in a position to get something done mm-hmm. on, uh, I think it's overall some 300 acres, and I think that includes Stratford as well. Okay, yeah, I think it's 400. 325 are in Bridgeport and 75 are in Stratford. Okay, Sar- Sarah, yeah. Sarah from Bridgeport with a question for you, Mayor Ganim. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Lisa. Um, hi, Mayor Ganim. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for calling in, sir. Thanks. Um, I'm a mom, and I live around Remington Arms, and we go on walks there quite frequently, sometimes in the evening. Lately, it's been a little bit too cold. Um, but what's up with the lighting over there? It's dark. It's scary. So I was just wondering kind of what's the city doing about that? Well, you want it to be lit? If you, yeah, I'm going to let yeah. you answer. But I also have an opinion, Sarah. If we light it up, we discourage animals from being there. Lighting up our night skies, we have to be really careful. But anyway, go ahead, Mayor. <laughs> well, I just, with, with Sarah, I just want to make sure there's, the Remington is so prominent as a part of Bridgeport. Sometimes there's at least two strong references when you say Remington. One is the Remington Woods that... Uh, uh, that Lisa's talking about, but I think, are you talking about Remington Arms on um, Barnum Avenue and Seaview area where I think we mm-hmm. do have a challenge both with lighting and, and sidewalks? Yes. Or are you Remington talking about Remington Woods? Oh, we're yeah, talking no. different Remingtons. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay. I'm not sure which one, though. I just wanted to hear from Sarah if it's okay. Yeah, I'm talking about Remington Arms. Yes, absolutely. So, um, as you know, because the, the good news is that we finally and we have, we finally have cleared a lot of the blight there, and retained what I like to think is a great part of not only Bridgeport's past, the shot tower, but also could be a part of a, an exciting uh, part of Bridgeport's future. And it's been brought to my attention, and I know the area. We have more money going over there, and it will address both the um, what I call the walkability of pedestrian safety and pedestrian access and the lighting, which is a part of that. I had a challenge that persists with the UI company and their willingness after the prior administration dimmed all the lights to save money uh, in the downtown area and throughout the city. So that's a, that's a challenge, and I, I hate to jump into this w- with you, Lisa, but I'm going to. That's okay. This was something we tasked with Gomes to do when he was part of the administration. And unfortunately, from this phone call and others, he failed miserably. So we're on it, um, we're, we're, especially that area. It's come to my attention. I had a, a woman uh, similar to you, um, a mother, saying that um, this is an area for, for safety concerns for her. And so, um, so it's, on, it's on something that we want to get done, and we'll continue to push on it. And I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. 
Thank you. Hey, no, thank thank you. you for the call. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Um, you know, and speaking of lighting, I know that around St. Mary's by the sea, the issue is that the lighting is too bright. What progress are you making in responding to neighborhood concerns over there? It's funny. I don't mean funny. It's um, it's interesting as always. Um, great thing about a community is we all can kind of have perspectives on it. And uh, there was a desire to have bright lights there. Uh, there's so many people that u- utilize I myself, by the way, I think, you know, follow my Sometimes I put out there that I actually run there uh, early in the morning, even before the before the sun comes up. So we've had the residents there. I've spoken to them. Some particularly have talked to our police department and parks board. So the bureaucracy uh, says that there are safety concerns that need to be addressed with the uh, any change in the lighting. And so so there's there's both sides to that. I mm-hmm. said I support whatever the residents want to do, and have pushed it towards what's called the parks commission. Um, to have them take a good hard look at it with input from the police department. I know that. And who? That but who law, appoints the Parks Commission or who elects the a Parks Commission? Is that appointed yeah, by go, you? Yeah, they go. Uh, they're appointed. The commissioners appointed by me. They're ratified um, by the city council. But it's not. This isn't a. Uh, I guess where I'm going with it is, they have to take the input from, let's say, the chief of police on um, what would be safety concerns. So that's the evaluation that's going since I think Lisa, you and I last, even before you mm-hmm. and I spoke last about the black rock lights. So I appreciate you bringing that up too. Isn't it interesting? We've had this, um, this discussion uh, in one part of the city and I have other parts of the city that clearly uh, want, and we're pushing for more lights. So this is how, this is how we, you know, we improve quality of life with, with things like lighting uh, and certainly pedestrian safety and so on as well. So I appreciate the input on that as well. Yeah, we're chatting, we're chatting with Joe Gannam, 203-333-9422. The general election coming up February 27th, Tuesday. And Joe Gannam, having won the Democratic primary, will be running with a D next to his name. John Gomes runs with an I, and David Hurst runs with an R. 203-333-9422. So I know, Joe Gannam, you have been out there and... uh you have been listening. Uh, one of the things, speaking of all of this and commissions, one of the criticisms against your administration is that planning and zoning and other kinds of boards, but specifically planning and zoning, that you have not been on top of appointing people to fill these things. Instead, you have allowed these boards and commissions to continue to be served with people who run past their initial time of being appointed. And even though technically they're allowed to do so, it isn't a great look and it doesn't show that you're paying enough attention to these very important boards and commissions. So what do you have to say to that? And if you're reelected, what are you going to do? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. And obviously in the middle of a a, a political season, you'll hear all kinds of false uh, claims and accusations about that. So I'd ask anybody that's just not true. Um, We've had a concerted effort to make sure that our boards and commissions are full um, it's not without exception. You have people that want to serve and sometimes realize the time commitments and time constraints. We've uh, we've been on top of it. So I don't know if that's coming from the Gomes camp. They said a lot of stuff that just really isn't on all fours when you when you get to the point where you ask the question and take a look. So um, so I appreciate the question from whoever presented it, but I would assure them that's not the situation, and they can you know take a closer look themselves or point to a particular board. One I take special pride in, which does fit into that category, though, is that we just kind of re-engaged what needed to be done a long time ago, and that's the Fair Rent Commission. And um, we've just named uh, members to that so they can function because we've seen 
Uh, rents get out of control with the boom, if you will, um, with real estate uh, values, not just in Bridgeport and beyond. And we're still looking. I think we have one more that we can fill on that. Um, but we filled a majority of that so they can function and have started taking, I don't know if they're called complaints or cases or, or people's issues. So, um, so I'm glad you brought that up. It's one of those things where, you know, every, every so often, especially uh, around a political season, you'll hear, in this case, I'm sure it's one of my political opponents uh, trying to make this an issue. It's saying, see, uh, it's, it's not working right. Um, they're not perfect, but we have great people that work for no money, no pay, volunteer hundreds, if not thousands of hours uh, over years to serve on all of our boards and commissions. And um, I think that's a good thing. So, Mayor Gannon, let me ask you something. What is Steel Point going to look like in terms of the mix of the kind of housing? In other words, is it is it um, number one, is it all rental or is there an opportunity for some co-op and condo ownership? Is it going to be mostly one bedroom studios, two bedrooms? What is it going to look like for people? Steel Point is, yeah. I think people know that's the uh, waterfront development where you see boat docks and so on as you drive by, where Bass Pro is along the highway, or if you're in the east end of the city of Bridgeport, kind of where Stratford Avenue passes through. Um, it is a place that uh, all have come together, city, state, and federal, local community, uh, to, to ensure that now... That will be developed into the first phase will be some 400 housing units, which I'll describe as you asked in a minute. But with three other phases that will create over 1,000 units of new housing in a city that's crying out and can't keep up with our housing needs, both market rate housing and with a third of it um, committed to what's called affordable housing. So that individuals that uh, you know have less than the unlimited income can, um, and certainly fixed income on what are defined you know, by government standards, uh, can and will um, uh, be able to afford to live in these units, or at least in a third of them. Um, so that's exciting. Um, it's one of the things that we've pushed very hard for. This phase is, uh, this first phase is, I think, at $200 million, uh, is creating, I know there's some discussion and banter with your prior guest about jobs. That's going to be 450 jobs in the, pro- in the process right now. Uh, you add that to Bassick High School, uh, which is another 400 jobs. Mm. Uh, Nanoramics, they talked about jobs coming in. This is uh, manufacturing and technology, a new um, battery manufacturing company for uh, for the city of Bridgeport. It's another 200 jobs. So we've got about a – and I, I could continue to go down the list, but I want to give you the opportunity to ask some more questions on other topics. But I hate to hear when people just want to – especially in the political cycle when they run out of kind of – things to talk about because they don't have much of an agenda to put out there, start saying, oh, we don't get any jobs or we don't have any jobs. We need more jobs in the city, good paying jobs in the city of Bridgeport. But we have um, these examples of hundreds, probably over a thousand, if I was to sit here and add them up with you, that do create those opportunities. Just in the housing, I think your question was pointed certainly to Steel Point, but housing in general, uh, an affordable housing plan and moving forward is one of the biggest challenges we're working on. And we can talk about more. As I said, you may have other stuff you want to mention. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, you know what it is, the affordable housing, and this isn't something exclusive to our conversation, Mayor, because this just gets my goat anyway. I just, you know, I, I think about this country after World War II, and I think about the vast amount of land that was developed by builders and how many people created generational wealth in their own families because they could get in on the ground floor and buy a house. And sometimes they were buying a co-op in Co-op City or a condo in a high-rise or a house. And it just seems to me this latest, and this is not exclusive to Bridgeport, but you're the mayor and you control a lot of what happens in your city. It just seems to me this latest wave of development is all about making a handful of real estate developers pretty rich and a lot of people renting. And whether they're renting affordably or they're not renting affordably, they're not really creating any wealth for the long term in their family. And it disturbs me that this is what we're doing, that we just keep building more and more rentals and we're not giving people an opportunity with some subsidized for maybe, maybe we subsidize instead of 8%, we give them a 5% mortgage. Maybe we help them with a handout for a modest down payment, but we give them a stake in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And those programs uh, are the way to do that are, are fantastic. And I think, you know, like um, depending on how uh, we talk about, our, our journey or our family's journey to uh, America, many of us, uh, mine came to Bridgeport 100 years ago. So when you talk about Bridgeport, I'm Bridgeport. My grandfather was a fruit peddler on uh, North and Parrott Street until the highway came through, raised eight kids here. His dream was to be able to own his own home. And, you know, if you can't speak the language and you come with $14 in your pocket, that's a, that's a heck of a dream. Wow. So You have a lot I of first cousins. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. this this great city of ours, whoever was uh, however it was put together, has become that landing place, that uh place of refuge for so many. And you know, I have that personal attachment to it. Um and so so we want to create this is me anyways. I don't know what the other candidates are talking about. Me, I want to create that same opportunity in any way we can. It seems that, you know, you'd have to look at this next generation whether it's uh, you know, my children or, or children of listeners that are here that may think that's out of reach right now. And I got to tell you, in most of Connecticut, for most families, at least Bridgeport type families, it is. And so I, I don't know of a higher calling right now. I always look at jobs, 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 of course. But when you round it out and really look at the opportunity, the, the uh, how do you say it, the, the American dream, it's to be able to own your own home, however you get there. It is. And that allows you to pass on to the next generation um, a, a stead in life, if you will, for hard work and play by the rules to kind of make it, if you will. doesn't mean you have to live in, in, in the most affluent community in Connecticut. That's right. But, Donnie, you need a good, decent house, a decent job, 
uh, in a community like Bridgeport where people care. And that's that's what I've been working for and will continue to do, regardless of what rhetoric we might hear, scurious allegations uh, from others for the next, you know, almost four weeks. I'm not going to let that sidetrack me. My fight for the people of the city of Bridgeport, whether it's for housing, for jobs, for lower taxes, for good, safe, clean neighborhoods. Well, that's um, why I'm that saying changes. to you. Well, uh, that's why I'm saying, man, we've got one caller holding and I'm going to let him ask you a question. But that's why I'm saying you talked about phase one, two, three and four. If you really want this, if you really want Steel Point to be a model of where people have a stake in ownership over their own community, it's typically people who own some of it. And I would just encourage you to insist that your developers provide that for people, you know, modest, affordable the way, not, co-ops yeah. and condos. You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. Yeah, there, there are, these are private. Um, this is not a uh, – when, when any time we put – and this is the city, state, or federal government – dollar one of public money in like this, we require, and in this case, 30 percent, and that's why the governor came down, 30 percent, uh, because some state money is in here as well, for affordable housing. So, so we're insured that I know, but it's affordable, but it's rental. I had somebody on the air with me the other day, and we could even take this off air. Who was? Um, no, no, of course, no, I'm blanking on the name, but he was head of the Naugatuck Valley. They have this amazing, decades-old townhouse uh, townhouse uh, association, which is so unbelievably cheap for people to pay maintenance and everybody has an ownership stake and the ownership stake doesn't go up forever and ever. So it has a cap when you sell the unit, it can't sell for tons of money, which keeps it affordable, but it's amazingly well run. And it's, I think it's a model. Anyway, I've got one more caller for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, before we go, because I know Mr. Gomes spewed a lot of inaccuracies. No, I've got one more caller. Wait, wait. Can I let the caller? Yep. Caller has a question for you. Of course. Sure. Okay. Course. Phil from Bridgeport, you're holding. You're on the air with Mayor Joe Gannon. Hi. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I was wondering if there's anything to be done about the noise. The automobiles with their stereo systems, the people having mm-hmm. parties all night, blasting music, and nothing ever seems to, to, to get done with it. Um, from April to October, I live on a street where people have parties, 200 people with live DJs in the backyard screaming and yelling. Is, is there anything that can be done about this? Yeah, and i got to tell you, uh, first of all, I'm going to address the, the substance of that with our, what I have with our police chief. And he, he is cracking down, and if it hasn't happened in your area and there's not been a response, then you know we can go offline and you can call 576-203-576-7201. I want to know about the particular incident and make sure our department responded. I've yeah, had we, these we challenges... Had- once in a while, I mean, they have—they're handling murders and rapes. I understand that, you know. But um, this goes on for six months, uh, you know, with the good weather. And I—I uh, uh, I know that I personally and my neighbors right near me have made over a hundred complaints over the last three years about these people, and apparently they're not cited for it. They're told turn it down, and <laughs> something's got to be done. Nobody gets any sleep anymore. No, I'm glad you brought that up. And that is, you know, this quality, I, I have the same issues. Uh, I don't say I've called them in myself, but the same issues uh, in Black Rock where you can hear it from Seaside Park. When oh, I lived yeah. at, uh, t- at 25 Cartwright Street, the neighbors, would, you know, and that's a building with a lot of seniors in it and uh, people with, you know, physical disabilities and so on. And and I'm living in the building and they're going to me and I'm calling and, we're you know, we're trying to get it shut down. So I... I agree, and I think since we've had our new chief in place, Chief Porter, I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that there is a stronger, and he's committed to me. Uh, am I, am I mistaken that New Haven actually instituted something where if you're pulled over in your car for blasting your music, it's a thousand dollars fine the first time, two thousand the second time, and third time they take the car and they remove the speakers? Did you hear wow. about that? Wow, I haven't heard about that. I'm going to check on the thousand. We, we we put a new ordinance in in the North End on the Sacred Heart Noise Ordinance up there, and yeah. uh, but I don't know if we're allowed to go by statute to the. Uh, the limit of a thousand dollars. I have to check what we did there, but it seems to have. And again, I still get calls in the North End, but it seems to have gone a long way with the responsiveness of the police department. Let me just leave you with the one thought that I'm glad you brought it to my attention. Quality of life is important, and I thank you for recognizing the, the challenges our department has with investigating homicides and robberies. Oh, robberies God, and I mean, I understand that, but you know, no, geez. no. But does it, my point is, this chief cares about that, as do I. And we want to continue to minimize, never going to be able to eliminate, but minimize uh, quality of life issues like noise complaints. The yeah. People not, should not be subjected to it. So thank you for your call. All right. Thank thanks you, for Phil. listening. Thank you. Go ahead, Mayor. I'll let you have the last word. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, I just, you know, you asked a question as to what I think happened in this last election cycle. And I think it's clear to me people have kind of gotten to take a closer look at Mr. Gomes. They realize you can't let you, what you see is not what you get. Um, they realized he was fired by two prior, my, my administration and another one, for valid reasons. Some of them involved mocking and uh, demeaning uh, behavior towards the Bridgeport's police department, which we both just heard is doing an admirable job as best they can in difficult circumstances. I'd ask people to, you know, and we got more people to come out and vote because they realized that. We won by a clear majority. It's unfortunate that we have to go through another cycle, but I want your listeners to know this is very important for them to come out. They need to come out in this February 27th election because the future of the cities uh, hangs in the balance. Um, there's not much more that can be said. I ask him to look closely at the alternative and, and what he claims. Uh, you know, it sounds like anger. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, uh, anger is a great motivator, but it's misdirected and, and not what's going to be good. Um, for our city as we move forward. Some of the changes that I think are important for the city to focus on um, it, well, that include quality of life, that include um, uh, more affordable housing and housing in general, a uh, reduction in taxes, the elimination of the auto tax, the tax cut that we put in for senior fixed incomes, all complement some of the commitments that I need to follow through on over the next four years. I can't do it alone. I'll work hard and fight every day for the people of the city of Bridgeport, as they know I do. Um, but I need them to come out one more time on February 27th. Let's put this be, let's put this this sad saga of all these elections in Bridgeport behind us. Let's move forward together. Let's unite this city and continue to make it the best city that we can. And Lisa, thank you for having me on your show. Pleasure, Mayor Joe Gannam. Thank you so much. The election, February 27th. We are going to be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show here on WICC. 
People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.